Welcome to Downwind Deer Hunting, where I am your host, Hunter Kwasniska, and I will be teaching you tips and tricks to make you a better hunter while also talking about my own experiences. Hello, and welcome back for another episode of Downwind Deer Hunting. I'm your host, Hunter Kwasniska, and today I'm joined by James Fogarty, a conservation officer who will be joining us to talk about what he kind of does and give us some more information. I have mentioned DNR before. All right, James, so uh, could you tell us, just give us like a general idea of what you do as a conservation officer? Certainly, so we'll start with, I am the conservation officer assigned to Scott County. So I have all of Scott County. My responsibility, my primary responsibility is, is to that area. Got it. I'm a licensed peace officer and I work for the state of Minnesota, so my ability to go throughout the state and enforce laws and rules is just kind of open. I can Got go, it. I can go where, I, where I need to go to do yep. my job, but my primary focus is here. So um, a, a general idea of what I do, I mean, it, it's, it's pretty deep. So uh, I'm a law enforcement officer, right? Yep. So I went to school to be a police officer. Um, and then I worked as a sheriff's deputy for 13 years before I took this job. And I've done a lot of different stuff in that. I'm glad that I have that experience because I need to know criminal law. I need to know, at times, traffic law. Um, and I need to know game and fish law. Um, so uh, on, a, on a standard day, depending on what the season is, I could be going out and checking fishermen I could be uh, pulling over an, an ATV for a, a violation. Say someone's going down a county road on a class one ATV. Yep. Um, or I, I could be out checking deer hunters. Um, I could be in a swamp somewhere where someone's digging in a swamp and um, you know, they don't have the proper permits to do it or they're trying to drain, yeah. trying to drain something. So uh, that's just kind of a general idea and, and a large part of my position here <clears throat> outside of law enforcement is education. So going to different schools, going to um, firearm safety classes, ATV safety classes, snowmobile safety classes. Yeah, you, you kind had of, to do you, all that. You, you kind of get the theme yep. of going in and educating people and letting them know what the rules are, where they can find the rules if they have a question, or how to get a hold of me if they have a question that the, they read about and can't can't seem to get the, the right yeah. answer. Uh, so you said something about like you were assigned to Scott County. Correct. So is there multiple DNR officers per county or is it just you? Oh, I don't really like to admit it, but it's just me. <laughs> I'm it. Um, one man team. I'm a one man team. So That's all you need. I mean, you have different levels of law enforcement here in the county. I mean, you're familiar with local police. So, yeah. And then you have the sheriff's office and then you have the state patrol, DNR, BCA. I mean, they're, they're different levels. So there's multiple people here. My primary responsibility is outdoor stuff. Yep. And say the sheriff's office, their primary responsibility is um, criminal law, that type of stuff. Yep. You know, making, not necessarily always making traffic stops, but they do, but yeah. more responding to calls and, and taking care of issues around criminal law. So how, like, how and when did you become interested? Like, did you want to like, did you just go right into this? Was this like your first job? What you were thinking as a kid that you wanted to do? So I, I was 
going through high school, and I'm, I'm a local person. I grew up in Belle Plaine. Oh, okay. okay. I wrestled for Scout West. Hell yeah. Right? Um, and going through high school, I, I had a lot of different interests. I mean, I, I was in cabinet making. I was really, really good at doing that. Enjoy <laughs> it. It's, it's a fun thing to do. You know, for me now, even doing woodworking yeah. is fun. Um, I, I was really good at construction trades, going out building houses. Um, they had a couple classes that we took in that that I thought was a good idea. Um, but then I got towards the end of my, uh, we'll call it career in high school, and was thinking, well, all right, you know, what can I do? And, and I was coming up, you know, outside of joining the army and, and becoming a carpenter, I was pretty clueless. So I'm like, all right, let's go take a job aptitude test. So I went to the local school counselor, yep. took a job aptitude test, and it said I should be a forest ranger. Really? I'm like, what is that? <laughs> and so I do research on what a forest ranger is, and it's, it's a conservation officer. That's, that's what we do. We, we're out enforcing laws in nature. I mean, I've hunted every, I mean, in Minnesota, just about everything that you can think of except for bear and Hungarian partridge. <laughs> or not Hungarians, um, prairie chicken. You know, I've, I've not yeah. decided to pull the plane and go up there and do that yet. But uh, my outdoor activities, uh, I hunted and fished and, and did just about everything you could outdoors. And I was the kid who read the book. Who, when so you, the, you had experience. Absolutely. When, when, the book com, when the book came out every year, yep. I was the kid who grabbed it and read it cover to cover. <laughs> I had adults asking me questions. Hey, what's the rule on this? Hey, what's the rule on that? And so I had the idea uh, coming out of high school, you know, I'm going to go to school for law enforcement. And I want to become a game warden. Uh, so I went to school at Normandale, got my degree um, for law enforcement, got my um, license eligibility. Uh, and then I was told um, by some grumpy old cops that if you want to be a game warden, you need five years of law enforcement experience. So you might as well just come in and join the fold, you know. So I went and worked for Lesueur County as a correctional officer and a part-time sheriff's deputy. And I, I worked there for a few years doing that. And then I went to Carver County and went there thinking, I need to build my experience. I need to have this resume padding so that they understand that I know the laws and I can enforce them. So do that. I applied to be a game warden three times. Really? Before I get hired. Well, they've changed their hiring criteria. So that not just only are we looking for someone who wants, who wants to be the police, or who has experience in being the police. Um, we're taking people now who maybe never thought about being the police and have an, a four-year degree in um, political science, sociology, biology, something else, so that they're coming in with, with a different mindset. Not that the mindset of law enforcement is wrong, but it's nice to have a mixed bag of people who yeah. have different experiences in life. Yep, I could see that. I could see why. So, what role do you have in like enforcement of hunting laws? So, like you can write tickets, right? Correct. Yeah. So, I, we regulate. We have what you call regulatory authority. So, we regulate hunting and and fishing. So, if you're out hunting in the woods and you're wearing orange, yep. You know, say you're deer hunting because it sounds like that's what your um, podcast talks yep. mostly about. Yep. Um, I'm gonna walk up to you and say, hey, how's it going? 
I'm going to be in full uniform. You're going to know who I am yeah. when I walk up to you. And I'm, how's it going? How's the hunting today? Do you have a, a license with you? Awesome. That's great. I'm going to be looking at to make sure, okay, you have the right firearm, right? You, yep. So we have shotgun zone and a rifle zone. Mm-hmm. Your license matches what you're doing. So if you're archery hunting and you have a gun license, yeah, I'm going to be like, well, this is strange. Well, we're going to talk about this, yeah. right? Um, I'm going to make sure you're wearing enough blaze orange. And then are you where you're supposed to be? Are you allowed to be where you are? Got it. And you said make sure... Uh, you're wearing enough blaze orange. So, like, what's the rule on that? So, we have a requirement in the state of Minnesota during the firearms deer season that your torso is covered. And if you're wearing a hat, your hat must be orange. Oh, really? Yeah. So, uh, like a vest, you wear a vest, the front and the back of your torso, which is your uh, is your yep. chest, right? That That's covered. And then your hat's orange. Got it. That's, or, that's... or blaze pink. Let's not... Pink. pink. Yes, oh. or blaze pink. We have I some don't... blaze pink here. That's right. <laughs> so, why, like... Why is it important to have hunting seasons in Minnesota for animals like such as deer, turkey, waterfowl? Why is it important that we hunt them? So mainly we're talking about population control, right? Yep. So in the metro in 701, which is an area in which you can, you can hunt and, and there's an unlimited number of deer that you can take in 701. Really? Un- unlimited antlerless deer. You can harvest one legal buck. And you can harvest as many antlerless deer on bonus permits as you want Wow! in 701. And the reason for that is the 701 is a very highly populated, with human beings, uh, area. There's not a lot of places to hunt. And if someone's in there, we need to do population control. So if someone has the ability to hunt in that area, mm-hmm. we, we need to do population control. We need to start taking that down because of a few reasons. One, how many car deer crashes do we have in the metro? You know, when I was yeah. working for Carver County and, and was a sheriff's deputy in Chanhassen, I went to five a day. Wow. That was just the morning shift or the night wow. shift. So the, the night shift probably came in and took just as many as I did. Okay. And my partner took five a day. You know, there's multiple officers. If I'm taking that many, they're also taking that many yeah. because we're trading off on calls. Um, so we're controlling the population for public safety in regards to auto crashes, right, in the metro. We are controlling population for diseases. So we have what's called CWD, which is chronic wasting disease. Yeah, we have that in our area right yes. now, actually. Yeah, 605. So we have we have this area now that was created because of the CWD. Um, and that's important. We want to make sure that we control the population so that they don't become sick and they don't spread diseases. I mean, we cannot be out there vaccinating deer yeah and that just doesn't sound reasonable right yeah i mean you have some people who literally think that we should be tranquilizing and and vaccinating deer and that 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 just doesn't make sense you it's a wild animal you're you're never going to be able to get them get them all right yeah um and and it just that's a lot of time and effort and money where it's reasonable to license people for hunting, educate them because you have firearm safety, right? You know yep. how to safely hunt. I want to tell that. License them and let them go out and assist the state of Minnesota in controlling population. You get to bring that meat home and feed it to your family. Yeah. And you're not going to get a better source of protein, <laughs> a healthier source of protein than something that was out there grazing in the natural wild. Yeah. Right. Uh, you said CWD. So what, what is that? Why is that bad? Why? So it is a, uh, a neurological disorder in deer. Um, without going into too much 
depth on what it is because that is a separate podcast topic. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? Because yep. it, there's a lot to talk about in it. So it, it's a neurological disorder in deer. Um, it affects their um, cognitive ability to take care of themselves, to orientate where they are, to eat enough food to survive. I mean, yep. they get this um, either through deer-to-deer contact or say... You know, they have contact with the fecal matter that was passed from another deer or urine that was passed from another deer. And, and they pick up this chronic wasting disease, right? Yep. And now they have it and they spread it. And eventually they're going to die from it. Um, the research currently says that we should not eat that. Yeah, yeah, but we're not. I think for, there was like a law that we couldn't take the deer out of our zone once we had shot them or something like Correct. that. Yeah, so if you... The intent of that is so that we as humans don't transport them, uh, transport that disease to another place. Because yep. uh, I would say most people, you know, if you butcher your own, um, where's your carcass going? That's carcass is going in your backyard. Yeah. Carcass is going in the garbage. Your carcass is going to. Uh, I take several calls of people just dumping their carcasses in the ditch. So. Yep. If you went down to southeastern Minnesota, where that's if we had our first reported cases of CWD in Minnesota, uh, if you went down there, harvested a deer, drove up here, butchered it, threw your bone pile out there, and that deer had CWD, that's now there. CWD is there. So, so CWD is obviously just like a determining factor for a limit of hunting. Well, how else do you determine it outside of CWD? It's like there was no CWD. How do you determine that like this? This section can only shoot this okay. many does. And right. So during a regular, what we'll call a normal hunting area without any sort of disease management. So we have <clears throat> wildlife. So there's a lot of divisions in, in the DNR, right? So we have parks and trails, yep. which, which they run state parks and trails. We have eco waters, which they're just what they say. They're, they're interested in our, our water sources. Yep. <clears throat> lands and minerals interested in lands and then we have uh, wildlife so these are all people who work and these are typically biologists educated in uh, the field that they're working in um, let's not forget fisheries are also important yep. but um, wildlife biologists they do population studies and density maps and so they do aerial imaging and they figure out okay how many deer do we have on the landscape and with that in order to maintain what we call our population goal uh, for a healthy deer population, we're gonna need to issue X number of doe, doe permits or, or we're gonna make this a managed area where you can, where you can harvest two um, or we're gonna make it a, <clears throat> an intensive area where you can harvest three. Um, statewide, your, or your, your limit for deer is, is five and you can go from area to area so say i started in a either choice area right yep i can harvest two deer i can harvest one deer there sorry one deer there and it can be either sex right yep and then i go to a managed area and say i harvested my buck already because i was in that other area I had to use my main tag i can't use a bonus tag in a hunter's choice area yep so now i go to a managed area where i can get a bonus tag and i can use a bonus tag and i harvest a doe Oh, you can harvest that doe in that area then? In a, in a managed, managed area. area. So that's where you can have two. And then I go to an intensive where we can have three, right? And I could get by three more bonus tags, and I can harvest 
three more antlerless deer in that area, and I've reached my state limit of five, right? Yep, yep. I see why. Yeah. So do you have anything else you'd like to add for everybody, like just so they know, maybe for like those new hunters that want to start getting into hunting? Educate yourself. Education. Okay. Read the book. We have so <laughs> many books, and I brought a few with me. Um, the 2020 Minnesota Hunting and Trapping Regulation book comes with a map. You know, it's a hundred and some odd pages. It's a short read, but you don't have to read the entire thing. Say you're just interested in deer hunting. Yep. Flip open to the deer hunting portion. Just read that. And and read it. Read the entire thing uh, from, from front to back. Because when you're out there hunting, and I and say you're old enough to be by yourself, I expect that you know these rules. Because this mm-hmm. book is free, and it's given away anywhere you can buy a license. Yep. So here in town, where do you buy your license? Ace Hardware. Ace Hardware. Do they have a big box yep. of these? Yep. They're free. Stop in, grab one. Bell Plain, it's Senex. I'm sure there's a Holiday Station store in Shakopee. Uh, there's the bait shop in Prior Lake. All these books are there. Stop in and grab them. Our ATV and boating books are going to be at your DMV. If that's what yep. you're going to do, snowmobile books also. If that's what you're going to do, stop in and, and read about it. Because the number one excuse I get is, well, I didn't know that. Well, these books are free. I bet you hear that all the time. I do. Yeah, <laughs> these, these books are free, and it, it, it's your responsibility as someone who's participating in a regulated activity to know what the rules are. And, and I do hold people yep. to that standard. Well, yeah, if you're out there holding a gun and killing other live things, I mean, I would hope that you know most of the rules and have right. the proper permits for it. Right. Yeah. People that just go out there and kill, like that, that's terrible. It's, I mean, you should never do that. Right. And you're going to go to firearm safety. Before you're allowed to hunt here in Minnesota, anybody born in 1980 and on, so they say January 31st, 1979 and past, or or not past, and, and, and on, must have firearm safety certificate in order to purchase a hunting license. Why past that date? So, so that, that's when they enacted the law. So anybody from that point forward... Um, who was born after that date must have the firearm safety certificate. I would say it's important for everybody who hunts. Yeah. If, if I go out of state, and that's where I do a lot of my big game hunting, if I go out of state, they require me to have a firearm safety certificate. No matter what age I am, I could be 95, and they're still <laughs> going to say I have to have it. Yep. Yeah. So, and then there's one more question. So is there different rules, kind of like statewide? I've been asked this a lot. For like the different ages of a person, so like kids have different rules than adults. Well, they have rules that when they seniors. when it comes into licensing requirements. So, the the general rules of what you can harvest and how many you can harvest, those are the same. Yep. But licensing requirements. So if you want to go deer hunting and your dad wants to take you along and you're ten years old, right? can go yep but dad's got to take you or mom or whoever it is in your family that wants to take you has to be an adult they have to um, pick up a free license for you at a local um, shop wherever they sell licenses whether it's the bait store the hardware store whatever they got to pick a a license up for you Um, and at 10 and 11 and 12 those licenses cost one dollar they say oh. free, but you got to pay for the Tyvek yep. that it's printed on. So they're a dollar. Pick up a license. Whoever's taking you cannot be currently hunting themselves at that moment. Their focus, their focus is on teaching you how to go, right? How to, how yep. to do everything. 
Um, so th those are our, for our younger people. And there's different license requirements until you reach the age of 18. You know, so if you're, say, 16, you know, you've got to buy a small game license and a fishing license. But what do those cost? Five bucks? Yeah. You, you can make five bucks shoveling the driveway. Yeah. I mean, if your parents like you, you can make five <laughs> bucks, right? So you go buy your, you, you buy your tag. You have your tag in your pocket for either deer hunting. It's five bucks. Small yeah. game. Fishing. The sportsman's license might be a little bit more expensive because it's fishing and small game. Um, but you don't need state stamps from 16 to 18, you know, from 12 to 18 or 12 to 17. You don't need state stamps, which is your pheasant stamp and your duck stamp. Oh, okay. Um, you, don't, you don't need that. But when you turn 16, you have to have a federal waterfowl stamp if you want to go waterfowl hunting. That's required from 16 on for the rest of your life. Okay, so now say we're getting a little bit, you know, more mature. We won't call it old. We're getting more mature, <laughs> and we're say we're sixty-five years old. Yep. The, the rules change again, right? So maybe now I don't need to buy um, the stamps. I still need the regular licenses, but I don't. I might not need some stamps. The federal yep. federal stamp I always need, but the state stamps, due to my age, and other factors I might not need to purchase. So the stamps are stamps are on are put onto a license? So are they separate they've or? kind of changed it. When I was your age, the stamp was an actual stamp that you got in the mail after you bought it. My dad has told right? me about that. Yep. And you would stick that onto your license and you would sign it. You can still do that today if you request it. You're gonna pay a little bit more for that pictorial stamp. Yep. It'll be mailed to you. Requirement is still the same. If you do choose to receive it, you need to stick it on your license and sign it, right? Yep. Um, the Validation is what we call it now. You can just buy a validation for the lice or for that for that option. So if I want to go pheasant hunting, I have a small game license I have to have, and then I buy the pheasant stamp validation, where I didn't choose to get the stamp in the mail. I just have the validation, and I can go out and hunt during the season then for pheasants. Got it. Okay. And just... the money for that those stamps, and the reason they sell those stamps is that money is earmarked specifically for those things. So pheasant habitat those people who are out there hunting for pheasants are helping to pay for pheasant habitat those out choosing to hunt waterfowl the federal stamp uses their money to improve nesting in other portions of the nation and your local stamp um, that money is earmarked for you know either buying nesting property or improving nesting oh, property got it okay yeah. so that's where like the money would go to correct got it well I, I don't have anything else for you today. I'd like to thank you for joining us. This is pretty awesome to actually have a conservation officer to interview on my show. Yeah. We have talked about DNR, but never really defined it, so it's pretty awesome to have you here to define it for me. Yeah, you're very welcome. Um, you know, I, I don't know, with this blog, you can also put out uh, my contact information, my cell phone number if people have questions. I much prefer uh, to answer questions that people have before they make mistakes. So I do understand that mistakes do occur, but if you have that opportunity to say call your local conservation officer yep. and ask, ask a question, please do. We, we, we like talking to the public. We like interacting with people and, and educating them and keeping them on the... Well, yeah, and it's obviously good for someone to get the answer instead of just trying to assume that they don't need an orange hat when they can just call you and ask simply if they right. need to wear an orange hat. Right. And it's easy. It's not that big of a deal. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, and I think that'll wrap it up today for my last episode of Downwind Deer Hunting. Thank you all for listening this whole year. It's been a great year.